Yeah. Technically, this is a murder. But some of the best love stories start with a murder. And that's exactly what this is. A love story. And to tell it right, I got to take you back to long before I squeezed this ass into red spandex. Hello and welcome to episode 324 of Under the Call of MS. This is a comics and MS episode Thursdays. Normal Thursday episode, and we got a big old pile of comics here. Starting out with Deadpool Massacre number one. That was a little quote by Deadpool, if you didn't figure out who was squeezing their ass into some red spandex. But Deadpool Massacre number one by Marvel Comics. I believe this is a one-shot, because it looks like it continues in a different Deadpool run. Avenger, murder, superstar, stinky. Possibly the murderer, skillful, and definitely the most annoying of the world. Wade Wilson was chosen for a top secret program in government, where he obtained the power to recover and heal any injury. Somehow, Wade has become one of the most beloved heroes of the world. But the thug life is one. Call it the mercenary big mouth. Call it the degenerate regenerated. Call it Deadpool. What's up? Deadpool here and bringing you something unique. The special edition is fully presented in English. It was written actually in English, but for translation to Spanish in the original copy of this issue. And now translated back to English very skillfully just for the occasion of the 5th of May. This is the story of a guy I met in Mexico for some time. A guy that maybe I caused a big impression. He calls himself Massacre. And yeah, I can see this being written in English for Spanish, translated to Spanish, and translated back to English, because this is a little rough reading some, some of the characters' parts. Excuse me. But meeting this massacre character, this massacre Deadpool character, it's basically a Deadpool that's uh, Mexican, maybe, uh, in heritage, has a very interesting slapped together outfit, kind of roughly slapped together outfit. He doesn't put up with anything. He is has no problem massacring people just like his name and he will step in and take the baddies out or the good guys out whoever gets in his way uh you get to see see him deal with his own version of uh inspector gordon and he takes out quite a few clans and stuff in here and Gets himself a little pet kitty cat along the way as a new little friend. Uh, the character that he's after in this one is the Skull of Jade, which is a interesting Deo Deus Maitos, um mask, that the green style mask, that skull, the, the sugar skull style mask 
drawing on the character's face that he walks around with and calls himself the Skull of Jade, which I would personally call myself the Jade Skull, which I'm sure it is, but by, because of translation, that's how they brought it out in here. And they just happen to have another interesting, big, bulky character in here that Deadpool gets to meet along the way and deal with. Uh, but yeah, this is a fun little introduction to this character that I've never seen before. Deadpool Massacre. So I suggest checking it out. That was a one shot. Then we have Deadpool, the Mercs for Money. Oh, this is number three. That makes more sense. When I read this, I thought it was number one. And it sat there and gave me an ending. So, or no, it does continue in the end. That's right. I read so many comics again in this group that I get myself twisted up in here. And what I did or didn't read along the way. But in this one, we got Target Acquired, Shen Lu, Alias, Radioactive Man, Abilities, Radiation Absorption and Manipulation, including Energy Blast and Force Fields. Client, Umbral Dynamics, identified the target as a major source of radiation and an extreme danger to himself and others. Mercs, Terror, Massacre, Fool Killer, Slapstick, Stingray, and Solo were dispatched to apprehend the target in a remote location in Vietnam. Lou was extremely aggressive and hostile towards the Mercs and Umbral Dynamics, referring to their methods of capture and incarceration as torture. Target was eventually detained using a radiation-absorbent material, RAM, cannon, and instructions were provided for the next mission. Uh, yeah, I didn't get a good look at these characters, and I didn't realize Massacre was part of this comic. But I don't... Oh, actually, I do see him in here in the group meeting. So, yeah, did not even know that he was part of this comic when I read it, because I re did read this one first, and then I read the Massacre comic, so that's probably why I didn't know enough about the Massacre character to catch my eye and pull me into it, but they jump all over the place, including Chicago here, dealing with baddies, trying to take down characters to get to this interesting radiated guy thereafter and uh it's a fun introduction to a lot of different characters including machine man's in here which I didn't I don't know much about uh slapsticks in here which we've gotten a couple little teases to so far so He's another interesting character I like to keep my eyes on, uh, learn more about, and some other flunkies that just don't do too much in here. But uh, this whole 
radioactive man. Character has like his whole internal body is basically one giant bomb. So if you uh, chop him up, you're gonna detonate him. So you kind of gotta watch what you're doing and how you take down this radioactive man character. This was a lot of fun, but I just I did not realize it was number three when I read it. And granted, I read it at one thirty and two in the morning because my damn cat woke me up, and <laughs> I wanted to kill some time while I was waiting to feed him at five o'clock. So I decided to sit around for a few hours and do something. So I decided to read a pile of comics and get through it some things so that's how i got those mixed up a little bit but and the other one was another one was death of a wolverine number one this is a one shot it looks like there it doesn't go on beyond this uh it's death of wolverine deadpool and captain america from marvel comics once upon a time there was a guy named wolverine some people call him logan some people call him James Hewlett. Some people call him Patch. Because he was wearing an eye patch. And they did not have much in the way of imagination. They have a new patch series coming out too. Which I'm going to check out. Hey, nice eye patch. I'm going to call you Patch. Honestly. Anyway, whatever you call him, he died. He died apparently with the adamantium bath. So I'm kind of curious how that worked with forming into his body. And you'd think adamantium, adamantium would be flexible and formidable so he could form his way out of it. But I don't know. I'm curious. I didn't see the... I don't know if I did see the actual death episode yet. But just parts of it since then and stuff and following up to it. Back when he was alive, he knew a guy named Steve and a guy named Wade. The three had one big thing in common. They all had been turned into living weapons by a secret government program. Steve was their success story. He was Captain America. Wade was their failure story. He became the uncontrollable Deadpool. Patch, he was right down the middle. The vicious, unstoppable killer who became a hero, who then, like I said, became dead. Point is, Wade, Steve, and Logan grew to respect each other, and then Logan grew dead. So yeah, this story is basically, Logan's dead. There's a knife that has, has his blood on it. Apparently, there is an auction for this knife. Some characters got their hands on it. And the Black Widow told Cap what was up. Told him where to go, where to find the knife. And Cap and... <laughs> I'm sorry, I just... Sometimes when I read these, especially late at night, I don't pay attention. I got the whole Spider-Man thing. With this homeless guy. <laughs> but now I see the homeless guy sitting there with the Spider-Man style blanket on his head and he's pissing on him. <laughs>
Uh, yeah. But anyways, where was I? Uh, Captain America. Talked to her and got the coordinates of where this knife was and they Cap and Wade have like very limited time before they take the DNA from the knife and do something with it. So you get to see these two go to the baddies place, the aim place and get there. Try and get their hands on the knife and get it back and put away somewhere safe so no one can make a new Wolverine. Because if they do, you don't know what kind of character he's going to end up being like. Because when he starts out, when he's born, he's going to be feral with the bone claws and all that. And have to go through all that aspect again. But yeah, that made this whole storyline. It was fun. It was enjoyable. It was a great story. I liked it thing I didn't like is the whole blood on a knife and we're looking for something to regenerate Wolverine. Make a whole clone a new Wolverine. You could have done this many times. I mean Wolverine's been sliced and diced so many different times. You're telling me you couldn't find his blood in the past before this someone didn't get their hand on his blood if you're able to do this. That just makes absolutely no sense to me. Why they just have this storyline with a knife that has some blood and they're going to make a new Wolverine from it. Like it. Trust me, Wolverine bled a lot over the years. Alright, then we got from Black Tiger Press. We got Sholin Tiger, number one, and Sholin Crane, number two. These are interesting little just. Very simply written uh, warrior type books. Showing you the different aspects of the warriors. Showing you the tiger form and how these characters work. We get a lot of little things in here. Like there's some HIV prevention tips. Uh, there's missing children stuff throughout these. So I don't know if these were something that were given out uh, publicly. Uh, there's Kung, there's a Miami Kung Fu Center that's represented in, in the back. So I don't know if it was put out by them. Uh They talk about um, just giving their thanks to certain people and stuff like that. For the record, the character, the tiger, his name is Sifu Mario Perez. His powers derived from a pearl passed down to him by the his Sifu. The pearl's power can only be released by the appointed guardian or by uniting it with the other four pearls of Sholin. The pearl enhances the eternal power, internal power of its guardian and also passes on the characteristics of its symbolic animal. 
its affiliation is neutral. He believes a badge does not a good man make, nor a seat in office bring perfection. His views on good and evil are based on the teachings of his master. Uh, but in the first one, you had the tiger form. second one, you had the crane. I don't have any other ones. Uh, so, but the third one, it looks, is a leopard. And I'm not sure what the fourth one is. But... I do want all of them to get the whole whole history of this whole thing. And it's done by Black Tiger Press Incorporated. Uh, let's see. Covers and pencils by Vince Rodriguez. Inks by Sam Baez. Rolando Matos. His colors and cover. Jose Matos. Carlos Velos. That's, I don't know any of these names. So, so yeah, this looks like a kind of an independent small press put out thing. If a man dwells on the past, he robs the present. But if a man ignores the past, he may rob the future. The seeds of our destiny are nourished by the experiences of our past. These are a lot of fun for just something simple, quick reads but i just don't know where the whole storyline's going i'd like like to find out I'd like to get the rest of them see what's up and then we got a pile of usagi yojimbo we got number 145 the thief in the kanu kunu kuniach kunoichi part one and two of three i have number 145 and 146 i'm missing Number 147, I have these in trades, but I wanted to get the individuals because I love the individual comics of this run. Each one has a nice piece of artwork on the back of each comic that would look awesome if you laid them out throughout the wall. But in here are two little girls, again, steal something, steal a, well, the one girl's the older girl is off stealing stuff and another a ninja happens to appear that's also stealing things who's stealing a scroll and the older girl gets the scroll from the ninja while there's a fight going on and she runs off with it and of course Usagi Yojimbo gets tied up in the thing and the ninja girl wants to kill the older girl and it just goes back and forth but yeah, the two girls that are always in trouble with Usagi Ojimbo are in trouble again. And Usagi never learns and always helps them out and then finds out what they did and what kind of trouble they got themselves into. And he has to battle his way out of it. And he always gets himself in too deep here on this one. But thankfully gets out of it. And we got number 148. These are all by Dark Horse Comics, by the way. Isaji Yojimbo, number 148 by Stan Sakai. Uh, this one's the One-Armed Swordsman, part 101. We get to meet a One-Armed Swordsman here who battled with an enemy in the past, lost his arm, and we get to see 
what happens along the way and the one-armed swordsman and Usagi meet up and get to know each other and wander together for a little while and learn about each other. Uh, they separate and Usagi comes across a bunch of people surrounding someone and they see that there's a battle going on between different characters and he watches this character that wins slice an arm off another character and he's like, hey, I know you. And... All of a sudden, the one-armed swordsman appears to fight the guy for a second time, and you get to see the battle of that in here. That was a really fun story. I'm really glad I got that one. And then uh, I got number 149 is The Distant Mountain, part one of one. And in this one, we get to see a variety of characters hauling a big... A, like a little wooden house that's on sticks that they're carrying and it's usually a person is in there or someone that's passed or something like that and you get to see that these characters are carrying it and they get attacked and robbed and along the way Usagi finds out that the thing they're actually carrying and this item is Something that you wouldn't think would be of major value, and but it's for your own eyes to decide and take it to your own own opinion of what you think of something's worth and value is, depending on how you look at it. You might just like the way it looks, and that may give it value. It, might be some rare gem that you don't know about and that's how it gets its value or maybe something useless that you feel is worth something someone else doesn't so it's about value to you but yeah that was a fun story uh interesting how that plays out and then we have number 150 which is another death of death of a tea master part one of one in this one, Usagi comes across a, a tea master and learns some things and shows the tea master how much experience he has and they get along well. And while this is happening, there's this new swordsman from overseas that just happens to win a fight and gets his wish of what he wants. And what he wants is for that tea master to commit Harry Carey, kill himself in front of him and be beheaded and stuff like that, which is pretty messed up that he just wants that chosen and the king doesn't really want to do it because he's learning from the tea master and he likes the tea master to get along. But if he doesn't, he'll be defaced overseas and doesn't want his reputation ruined. So yeah, we might as well kill an innocent person because I'm some rich guy that needs to have my my uh, my presence known throughout the world as being loyal and to my word and all this bullshit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting story. One I le- like the least out of three because it's just 
stupid how governments use their powers to do stupid things and we just keep allowing it because if we try to interfere then we disappear or whatever so there's not much we can really do in the long run then the last two comics i checked out are usagi yojimbo number four and number six of six uh senso from dark horse comics I didn't get, I only came up with number four and number six, so I get the end of it, but this was very interesting. I want the rest of it. Oh, I know. They got nice wraparound covers. Each one has its own wraparound cover, which are very nice. Nice, well done covers. Uh, great artwork. Very colorful. I want the rest of this series, though, because it's dealing with aliens. It's got a very big uh, War of the Worlds feel to it, the way they lay this out with the big walking aliens, uh, octopus-style legs and all that stuff. But it was very enjoyable seeing the two issues I did read. But very confusing because I'm missing out big chunks of the story. So I mean, it wasn't that confusing because I know the storyline. But I want to know. I'd like to see more from that. Of where that was going. Uh, get a little deeper into that. And find out where these aliens came from. How they became to be. We also get to deal with uh, the giant, the giant beast type things. Like Godzilla and stuff like that. But the robotics style. They build a giant Usagi Yojimbo robot in the last issue. I'm guessing they start building it in the fifth issue. But yeah, that was a lot of fun watching Usagi. A giant Usagi fight a giant octopus type looking thing. Robot ship. But so yeah, that was the comic portion. Nice little stack there. Check those out. And we'll get back to you right after this. A little bit of health stuff coming up next. Okay, let's get to the health portion of it. Uh, for one thing, if you want to go on, a, if you don't want to look on uh, Amazon Prime, YouTube or whatever for workout stuff. You want to go on a certain website, you can check out Darebe, D-A-R-E-B-E-E dot com. They have workouts, programs, challenges, guided stuff that you can check out. See if there's anything in there that can help you out at all. And then see Montel's one MS site's not available anymore. I wonder why he got rid of that. Let's look at vitamin D stuff. Supplementation. Many of us, most of us, with MS will be put on vitamin D. Uh, a few thousand I use a day or I take 5,000 I use a day right now. 
used to take a 50,000 once a month, but then I heard you can actually get sick from overtoxicity from vitamin D in large amounts. So I figured I'd back off that for now. But people with MS may need to aim for higher vitamin D levels than those who don't have MS. To maintain the health of your bones, your teeth, <laughs> I got no teeth left anymore. Uh, regulate your mood, aid in weight loss, and we won't get the sunlight this time of year because it's winter in the Midwest, so we need it for sure. Uh, it may also help lessen the symptoms of MS or possibly even decrease your chances of developing MS if you got a higher level of vitamin D when you're younger. Uh, MS is the incident of if incidence of MS is lower and the age of onset is higher, the closer you are to the equator. Uh, if you live in Southeast Asia and the tropics, but it's not it, it's good news for you. But it's not if you call a locale like the United States home. And uh, not only are you relatively far from the equator, but vitamin D deficiencies are common too. Uh, researchers are looking at whether low levels of vitamin D have anything to do with growing number of MS cases. And uh, yeah, it's, they're finding more and more that vitamin D is very essential as far as MS diagnosis. Uh, Supplementation's good. It's vitamin D is an essential vitamin for everyone, but if you have MS, it may be even more important. Uh, and you can keep an eye on it by paying attention to your vitamin D blood levels and supplement with extra sources of vitamin D. If you are deficient, uh, you should be getting yearly blood test, your yearly annual blood test, and that should have your vitamin D results. I keep up on that. My B12 and stuff like that, I like to keep track of in there. Uh, according to the National MS Society, several studies have determined that there's an association between low levels of vitamin D and the increased risk of MS attacks in developing new brain or spinal cord lesions. Uh, I'm getting attacked by a cat that's trying to stretch for petting. Wants extra petting while I'm talking. Several studies have shown that MS patients had lower vitamin D levels in the winter and that the lower vitamin D levels correlated with increased risk of relapse and worse disease progression. Which I do usually have more activity in the winter time, except, except for heat-related activities. MS has also been linked to a higher incident of developing osteoporosis, so supplementing with vitamin D can help increase bone health and decrease the risk factors associated with that. Low levels of vitamin D may lead to increased risk of worsening symptoms of MS, flare-ups, Faster disease progression, developing new brain and spinal cord lesions. Uh, 
the optimum optimum levels they don't really have any suggestion or set levels yet because they're still testing out a lot of things but your baseline levels that you can look at when you get your yearly yearly blood test done they say the normal range for vitamin d levels in most labs is 30 to 100 nanograms per milliliter for people with ms they say the goal is to aim for a level of 70 to 80 nanograms per meter per milliliter so watch those for your numbers Uh, vitamin d for someone with ms should be no lower than 90 nanograms per milliliter and as high as 125 nanograms per milliliters another doctor says so what vitamin d blood level is optimal for someone with ms there's currently not enough research of course however experts agree that levels should be higher than for people without ms dr brian stingo advises aiming for 70 to 80 the other doctor goes for 90 to 125 so just check with your doctor and see what your right levels should be see what you can come up with take a cat on my lap and i feel like i got someone else sitting at the top of the stairs it's like <laughs> i feel like i just got people hovering it's, um, it's hard to pay attention to what you're doing when you're you got all these things going on around you and you got cognitive issues. For everyone from ages 1 to 70, the recommended dietary allowance of vitamin D is 600 units IUs per day. For people over 70, they suggest 800 IUs per day. I, I do 5,000. Uh, they recommend one to two thousand IUs per day per day for people with MS, even if your levels are normal to boost the protective factor. So if your levels are around normal, don't worry about going crazy, but at least keep a couple thousand in your system anyways, it sounds like. If your vitamin D levels are low, uh one person recommends 2,000 units per day, and some doctors would have patients take 50,000 units per week until levels have normalized, then switch to a more typical daily dose as a maintenance. Another go- Other good sources, food sources for vitamin D include fish, the smaller the better, liver, mushrooms, and eggs. So you can also take those into consideration for you. But vitamin D is a major necessity for us. Uh, Things people wish other people knew about chronic conditions. Well, it's life changing. (laughs) We got to totally flip our world upside down and change our life to adapt to it. It's not all in our heads. Yeah, it's in our brain because that's where the disease is, but the rest of it's not in our heads. So 
quit trying to tell us that. Sometimes you just need a break from socializing because you can get overly frustrated just listening and talking to people about health issues and all that crap all the time. It can get annoying, especially when they like to play doctors themselves. It may be invisible, but it's very real. It's like, yeah, we can't show you our disease, but we do have it. It's an invisible disease. You're welcome to experience any of it if you'd like, and I can grab some hammers and tools and help you experience (laughs) the feelings I feel. Uh, No two people experience... No two people with chronic conditions experience their issues the same. So that's when you live with a chronic condition, it can feel like every decision you make, big or small, revolves around your health. Navigating life with a chronic condition is about so much more than managing the physical symptoms. Living with a chronic condition can impact your emotional well being, your relationships your career, your friends, your family life, and so much stuff can be affected by it. It can inform big decisions like where you're going to live or what jobs you apply to or if you even have a job. It can also guide your decisions about daily activities like grocery shopping or making plans to see a friend or just walking outside the door. For people who have never lived with a chronic condition, it can be difficult to understand just how all-consuming it is, how it's 24-7 life-consuming, whether you like it or not. Feeling seen, heard, and most of all understood can make a huge difference. The busy communities get it. They're here to help you navigate every aspect of living with a chronic condition. So you can go on the Bezzy's sister site, Healthline, and learn some stuff about it if you'd like. But, yeah. If you ain't got it, you don't get it. <laughs> Alright, let's see here. Debunking nine popular COVID-19 vaccine myths and conspiracies. Uh, All the wonderful conspiracy crap with COVID-19 shit. Vaccines don't work. We know that more than 170 million doses of the vaccine have been administered. Vaccines have caused reductions in the disease in the U.S. and worldwide. So they obviously are working. Whether you like it or not. The COVID-19 vaccine makes you magnetic. (laughs) In early June, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, based in Cleveland, claimed that COVID-19 vaccines could turn people into Magnets due to the 5G telecommunication towers. While addressing Ohio lawmakers, she used her claim to justify the need for a bill to stop businesses and government agencies from requiring vaccinations. 
And these people are allowed to run for office. I just don't understand. They make tons of money. Uh, another myth, the COVID-19 vaccines are causing COVID-19 variants. In fact, the COVID-19 virus itself, not the vaccines, produces the variants. Duh. And it's common sense. It's diseases advance, grow, increase in strength, and develop new versions. It's been like that with the flu and everything else for years, decades, centuries. Uh, Another myth is the COVID-19 vaccine makes you infertile. Risk of infertility has been used as a way to frighten people away from legitimate treatments for decades. This myth is false when it comes to the COVID-19 vaccines because the vaccines do not go near DNA in your cells. According to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, the Myrna vaccines teach our cells how to make a protein or even just a piece of a protein that triggers an immune response inside our bodies. Another myth is the government put a microchip in my COVID vac- COVID-19 vaccines to track me. Conspiracy theories about the government using vaccines to track people and rich people like Bill Gates being behind the notion are false. Physically, chips are not small enough that they could be inoculated with with a needle. The COVID-19 vaccines are old-fashioned, simple public health, bad disease, good vaccine. Let's get the vaccine in order to prevent the bad disease. It's nothing more complicated than that. Don't worry, you're not getting microchipped. Next myth is the J&J vaccine was created from fetal tissue. This misconception is derived from a grain of truth from past vaccines that that has been amplified inappropriately. Many years ago, a strain of cells that was derived from a miscarriage was used initially in general vaccine research for coronaviruses. However, the current vaccines do not consist of any fetal tissue. The doctor also adds that Muslim theologians and religious leaders, including the people or the Pope and Jewish rabbis, have said this should not be a concern in deciding whether to get the vaccine. Uh, Another myth is vaccines cause autism. In 1998, British doctor Andrew Wakefield conducted research that claimed a connection between autism and the measles, mumps, and rubella, which we also seen that about MS and the measles and mumps. The MMR vaccine. While the study was published in the reputable journal Lancet, it was later retracted and found to be unethical and not factual. Wakefield also lost his license in the United Kingdom.
This is demonstrably incorrect as evidenced by a considerable array of peer-reviewed and published investigations. The perpetrators of this particular myth have been widely discredited and still Wakefield's misinformation has continued to spread for decades. See, the next myth is the COVID-19 vaccines rewrite your DNA. While MRNA does transmit information to the body and the cells, it does not go near the cell's nucleus, which is where DNA is located. It stays away from that. It doesn't interact with the DNA at all. It just provides a message to the protein developing apparatus in our cell. So it transmits its message and then disintegrates. Simple as that. Next myth is the COVID-19 vaccine will cause long-term complications. The long list of vaccines that have been used for decades, none have proven to create long-term effects. This comes as a big surprise to most people, but the adverse effects associated with most vaccines becomes evident within two to three months of the administration of the vaccine. We're beyond that now with COVID vaccines and have given millions of doses of it. So we know that the side effects, pro- what the side effects profile is, he said. Amler adds that vaccines are continuously monitored post-market. A unit, U.S. government system, the VAERS, B-A-E-R-S, as well as the manufacturers, identify and investigate any long-term effect events and follow up with appropriate recommendations whether an unexpected issue presents after an extended time period. That was not found initially, said Hamler. The VAERS surveillance system is constantly working and was made more elaborate in anticipation of the COVID vaccines. Just need to relax, take your vax, and get this shit out of the world and done with. It's going to be here for the rest of our lives. We could have tried to push it out, but there was too much conflict between people. To get rid of it, we'd rather fight amongst ourselves than fight a disease that we can't see. And because of that, now we're stuck with it long term, and I don't see it ever going away. It is the new flu, so get used to it. There is this thing that I don't think I ever talked about, plasmapheresis, which is plasma exchange in MS. It's kind of caught my eye, and I was kind of curious about it, because they do have plasma centers where you can go give plasma. Plasmapheresis. Or pheresis. Yeah, plasmapheresis. Also known as therapeutic plasma exchange. is a process in which blood is removed, filtered outside the body, and then replaced. This treatment is commonly used to treat autoimmune diseases, such as multiple sclerosis. MS. In MS, the immune system makes antibodies against its own healthy tissues. 
known as autoantibodies, that target the body's nervous system. Plasmapheresis helps remove the autoantibodies from the blood. Plasmapheresis can be used to alleviate the symptoms of MS. This therapy does not treat MS at the source, but instead can help provide relief. Which, I did talk about a blood exchange cleansing thing in the past that I wanted to get done, but I haven't been able to find out anything through with my doctor and insurance about or if it's available for me. When is plasmapheresis used for MS? If a person with MS cannot tolerate high doses of corticosteroids, plasmapheresis is, is used as a secondary line therapy. Plasma exchange is primarily used to manage relapses, also known as attacks or flares. The American Academy of Neurology, AAN, recommends the use of therapeutic plasma exchange to treat people with severe relapses in MS and other neurological diseases. However, it is not effective treatment for progressive MS. So I would have liked to have got it earlier, but now it might be too late for me to try it. But I'd rather do this than get the corticosteroids, which I know the side effects of those, but I don't know the side effects of this yet, though, either. Plasmapheresis may help treat several central nervous system demyelinating diseases, including multiple sclerosis, myothenia gravis, neuromyelitis optica, acute inflammatory demyelinating polyneuropathy, Julian Barr syndrome, which runs my family, acute decimated, disseminated, and Cephalomyelitis, idiopathic optic neuritis, and idiopathic transverse myelitis, all things that are somewhat MS related also. Plasmapheresis is relatively straightforward and, and safe procedure that is performed in a specialized unit, typically in a hospital. It is possible to receive outpatient treatment but it is often performed in the hospital when people are receiving other treatments. You should prepare by drinking six to eight glasses of water or other non-caffeinated fluids per day for up to three days before the procedure. Hydrating well can help prevent undesired side effects. Once you are finished, or once undesired side effects once you are finished, so it'll help prevent post-surgery issues. On the day of plasmapheresis, you can expect to have an intravenous IV needle inserted into one vein in each arm, connected to a tube that feeds into an apheresis machine, and in some cases, the health care provider may use a catheter or choose to use a larger vein in the groin or shoulder area instead. Then blood is removed from one IV needle and enters the machine, where it is mixed with anticoagulants to prevent the blood from clotting. The apheresis, I feel like I should be saying that some other way, 
a pharesis machine then filters the plasma out of the blood, removing autoantibodies and other substances, substances that may cause inflammation. Donor plasma or plasma substitute, typically saline or albumin, is then mixed in with the remaining blood cells. Finally, the blood is filtered, is returned to your body through the other needle. That's pretty interesting. Overall, the entire process takes two to four hours. You may experience nausea, lightheadedness, and numbness or tingling during the procedure. Afterward, you may also feel tired for the rest of the day, which is normal. Be sure to keep hydrated as well because some fluid is lost during the filtration process. Side effects can include shortness of breath, low calcium levels in the blood, low blood pressure, increased risk of developing infections because antibodies are filtered out, metabolic alkalosis, an imbalance in blood chemistry which can lead to headaches and seizures, low potassium levels in the blood, which can occur when non-plasma substitutes are used, allergic reactions, which can occur when donor plasma is used. But its effects uh, have been random. They have to look more into it and see more learn more about it but many people that tried it it helped them quite a bit so something to look forward to and hopefully have an option in the future instead of steroids it sounds way safer but we'll see but that will be it for today we're gonna end it there i'm getting cats getting trapped in all my cables uh Be good to yourself. Be good to everybody else. Take care of the monster. Hang out with them if you want. Shoot shit with them for a while. Just don't let them go out of control. Turn into a Deadpool. Take over the place. Uh, Cheryl Crimson Cull Comic Club. Check out Under Cull. Stick with Under Cull of MS. Rate, review, tell a friend. Tell another friend. Tell someone that's not your friend. Spread the word. Get us out there. Get us some people following us. And we'll talk to you again soon. Be good.